Hey, welcome to episode 85 of Biomast, folks. We really appreciate you joining us. We know there's a lot of stuff going on here in the holidays as we get uh, kind of ever closer to uh, to Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, and uh, all that kind of good stuff. So this is probably one of the last weekends that we're going to have uh, a lot of stuff running. Uh, we jury's a little bit out if we're going to be able to operate next next week, just depending on everybody's holiday schedule. But we did want to get one uh, one kind of solid show in for you uh, before we if we had to take a pause X there for a week. But uh, we do appreciate everybody joining us, and we've got a little bit to talk about tonight. Not a whole lot of craziness. Uh, we we do appreciate everybody tuning in. We got like some really good, uh, really good feedback on our World of Tanks episode last uh, last week with uh, our buddy Saberwing from uh, Wargaming uh, USA, uh, aka Wargaming.net. You know the home of World of Tanks uh, for the console. Uh, so really, really appreciate you guys coming on. And I did have like a quick, uh, quick bit of news update that I'll get to on the World of Tanks stuff once we get past our intros. Uh, and then we're probably going to talk a little bit about uh, a little bit of tinfoil for Dust 514, which is something that was, as many of you know, probably 90% of the audience, that was the game that originally brought the podcast together. Um, so we'll probably do a, a touch of tinfoiling on that. Uh, and we've got a little bit of... A little bit of movie news out there. I don't know if anybody's heard, but there's been like I don't know, like a like a little a minor shows hit the net. Uh, you know, some of you may be interested in it. We'll talk a little bit about that. For the record, we do no spoilers on this show uh, for two weeks. Once once a movie's released, we do no spoilers for two weeks. That's kind of our rule of thumb here. Uh, so uh, if we do chat chat a little bit about movies or things like that, uh, something that's recently out, you, we will not spoil it for you here. Uh, so Unless you can take it's a TV show. Bank. That's that was totally different. I I actually felt bad about that afterwards. I did spoil some Doctor Who for uh, for Zell, and I do I do actually apologize for that because I legitimately thought he was aware of the of what was happening. Uh, so I apologize, um, and we're gonna edit that out at some point. I'm I'm sure. So without further ado, I'd like to go ahead and knock out a couple intros here. So we'll start with the uh, the ubiquitous Sarai Zell. I'm Sarai Zell. Uh, I was on the CPM. I am a co-host here on the show, and I write some blog posts. Cool. Uh, Pokey. I'm Pokey Draven from OSG Planetary Operations. I'm a co-host here on the show, and I write for our blog. Alrighty. And Heracles. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Heracles Borsch. I'm an alcoholic YouTuber, member of Capital Acquisitions, LLC, and uh, I guess these days I'm just a salty ex- Duster, like all used guys, regularly do the podcast. <laughs> okay, and uh, I'm Jason Larson. I'm also one of the uh, purveyors of the Biomass.com website. Uh, all, by that I mean I I am loosely affiliated with it, and that I am on this podcast, and I've been unable to summon the willpower to actually type things other than a couple snarky comments uh, on some of the the actually pretty good post that uh, Zell, Bait, and uh, Pokey Draven have made uh, for the record. Uh, so I, I, t- I take, no, take no ownership of the actual content in there uh, because I, I am unable to produce any uh, or, or simply just don't have the willpower. Uh, that being said, I do talk pretty good, and that's about the only reason they tolerate me on here. So uh, I, I am a an erstwhile Dust player or was at one time. I will freely admit that. Uh, but I am a pretty big gamer as, as everybody else is uh, here. And we also kind of like to keep up on current events because we do do sort of you know fit into that uh, you know classic sort of 
John Cusack type model of uh, a little bit of angst and, you know, what's going on in my life today that revolves around an Xbox, PlayStation, or PC, or in my case, a Mac or a tablet on occasions. So, all right, folks. We're like for- uh, we're like 20-year-old John Cusack, right? Not like 40-year-old John Cusack when he just started phoning it in. Well, no, he well, he went batshit crazy at, at one point. He's, he's I think, he, yeah, he did phone it in. He went through a phone it in period. Then he went really stone cold crazy, like really, really crazy, crazy. Now he's kind of a little bit more mellow. He's a little bit kind of, he's kind of brought it, brought it back to even. So that should give you, give you a clue of how old I am because I, <laughs> I, I can track that pretty well. <laughs> um, okay. All right, folks. So let, let me give you a very, very quick update on our uh, World of Tanks episode that we had, which by the way, was a lot of fun. And that was probably one of our, um, I'm, I'm not going to use, use the term like the most highly, re- highly reviewed or commented on, but it was, we got, we got a ton of positive feedback, uh, about that episode. And it was a really good discussion. Everybody liked the uh, saber wing, uh, coming back from, uh, you know, kind of coming out of nowhere and giving us a hand to, uh, to chat about the game. It was r- really, really fun. Uh, but there is, I uh, did want to confirm that there is a PlayStation 4 second beta that'll be coming out in January. Uh, not really sure what the date is. They just confirmed that it's coming out in January, probably early January. Uh, so those of you that got a taste of it on the PlayStation 4 the, uh, about three weekends ago, uh, it will be coming back. Uh, and they're going to do, I think, one more test run. And then, and from what I understand, is uh, the actual full release will be relatively soon. Uh, I, if I were a betting man, I, I would say maybe, maybe even by the end of January, you'll have full release, full release uh, for the PS4 World of Tanks uh, episode or issue rather. So that's kind of my my quick shot for World of Tanks uh, from the last last episode. Again, a lot of fun. I highly encourage you to check it out if you haven't done it already. Uh, and it will, you can still download it, but you won't be able to get onto the servers on the PS4, but you can still play on the Xbox One uh, and obviously PC as always. So uh, I guess what we'd like to do is maybe kind of, I'm going to sort of float this one over to, uh, to Pokey. Uh, we've got a little bit of discussion slash tinfoil that we want to throw out there. And I think, I think probably the best way to do it is to kind of lead off with a uh, asking Pokey Pokey to give us a quick discussion of a blog post he made this week, which was actually, um, if I do say so myself, a very well-written and very lucid analysis of sort of how do you how do you break up with somebody (laughs) or 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 what do you learn when you break up with somebody? Let me put it that way. Uh, And that and it it, a lot of it stems from the discussions of uh, what happened at FanFest, uh, CCP FanFest a couple of years ago uh, to what is going on now in terms of how that game, that specific game company works with their customer base uh, and really maybe what is their customer base going forward in the future, which is an interesting question in and of itself. So what I'd like to do is kind of toss this one over to Pokey. And if you don't mind, if you could give us a, a kind of a quick rundown of uh, your thoughts that laid out that, uh, that blog post that you made, made this week, please. Uh, sure. So, obviously, as people know, I have kind of been doing the whole hashtag WorkDust5 and 4 thing for a while, and uh, knowing that FanFest is coming up in April, I believe, uh, I kind of thought it might be pertinent to kind of sit down and have a talk about, uh, you know, what happened in FanFest 2014 with, you know, the Legion announcement and the fallout that followed. So, uh, I, I suggest you go and actually read for more detail on the blog, but basically it comes down to me talking about 
all the things that a game company really shouldn't do when they announce a port, because, you know, if a port is coming, this is something that hopefully CCP has learned from. So, I mean, it kind of comes down to a couple key points I laid out, like, you know, the platform shift, that's something you need to communicate ahead of time. Uh, when you do announce something, don't label it as a Dust 514 keynote and then not talk about Dust 514 that much. Um, but the really big ones are uh, a, a real lack of communication in terms of, you know, what's going on behind the curtain at CCP, so to speak. And also, you know, what's uh, what kind of things that will potentially happen, you know, if a port happens. And I kind of dialed in on the last one, what will happen if a port happens. And and, and that kind of leads into the tinfoiling. And, you know, a, a port would be great. And I have to ask the question, though, what cost? Like, what's going to happen? How will that work? You know, will, will characters persist and and move on? And, and how will that work and whatnot? So, I mean, I think it's it's a good question to ask and something that CCP has only commented on very loosely. And that was kind of during a damage control session of... Uh, you know, after the the keynote at FanFest 2014. So, yeah, I, I kind of started getting into that, and that's a bit of the, where the tinfoil comes from. I know. Okay. Uh, I think that's pretty fair. So, I I think uh, one of the things that struck me about that was, uh, at, at the end of the day, I, I, I like the way I kind of look at it is CCP has definitely transformed them transformed themselves as a company, as a corporate entity over the last 18 months. Um, my personal belief is there's probably not a whole lot of room for what we know of as uh, as, as Dust or, or even Project Legion. I think there is probably down the road room for something that looks different, that takes tones and themes from the game, uh, that tries to fit it into kind of their new sort of VR mantra. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that works out, but you know, me personally, I'm not sure how that's going to break down. But you you pose an interesting question of like if they did port, uh, and they they have the only thing that they really publicly stated at the FanFest piece was uh, that they were working on a uh, uh, not they didn't really refer to it as Dust 2.0, but like something different that would be on the PC. Uh, and that's you know I, I play some games on 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 the computer a few. Uh, but I'm pretty judicious about it. But I I do not play uh, like serious competitive type games on a PC or you know my Mac or whatever. I, that's just not something I do. I'm I'm much more of a console gamer, and that's really frankly you know no surprise that was the core constituency of something like Dust Five One Four is really it it was really a big part of CCP's bridging strategy or the, their growth strategy was how do they pull in console players into the new Eden universe? And, and for a time they were, they were relatively successful even with a mediocre game. So uh, I would say if they did branch directly into PC, that, that's really, I'm, I'm probably going to be very, I would be very hard pressed to, to pull it in uh, or at least to participate in it nearly the level of uh, emphasis or enthusiasm that I had for the console version. Uh, now, on the forums, you've also recently posted a, okay, if they did port it, should they, like, I guess question one is, should there be an expectation that current players are in some way recognized or brought over? And if so, 
what should they be allowed to transfer over? Like, what is the thing that would that, that would uh, kind of signify that you were a uh, you know a PS3 vet, if you will, uh, that that has made the leap into whatever the next generation uh, Eve first-person shooter game is? So I'm just curious, kind of curious. What are your thoughts on that? You for you personally, Pokey. Well, I, I'll probably start off by explaining my reasoning behind kind of a fear that I, I might have, and this kind of gets to the tinfoiling, is that, you know, as we know, that the original plan with Legion, or whatever form that may take in the future, if there ever is a port, I mean, you, you know I have my boundless optimism, and I, I truly do believe that a port is coming, but I, I do believe that it, it's going to be for PC. I think that, that that part has not changed, and they're not willing to change that, at least initially. So that being said, uh, if it's going to be on PC, they're going to want to target PC players. And as many of you know, CCP owns a game called EVE Online, which is entirely PC players. So an excellent time to announce uh, this port or information on the port would probably be at FanFest when they're surrounded by a bunch of PC EVE players, which is kind of mistake number one that we learned not to do at FanFest 2014. But regardless... So that's most likely to happen. Because it's going to be targeted more towards EVE players on the PC, if Dust players are migrated over, you're going to suddenly have a bunch of EVE players who are very new to the game. They don't know much about it. They're going to have zero SP, brand new characters. If you transfer everything over from the... uh, uh, from dust players, they're going to have some very highly leveled, very you know heavily trained up dust players that will probably stomp the, the PC players into the ground. Uh, CCP's not going to want this to happen because they're hoping they can bank off of their Eve players to kind of generate revenue for the game. So my fear is, is what they're going to do is say, hey, listen, we're going to wipe all the characters. If you want to transfer, you get to keep your name, you get to keep your court, but you're going to lose all your progress and assets. And I, I mean, that's that's a pretty pretty big deal. I mean, this game's been running for, for a very long time. People have spent a lot of money on it. And the game was marketed with the expectation that it's going to last, you know, 10 plus years. It was a you know 10-year plan. That was what the players got out of that statement. And so, you know, that raises a really big question of, hey, you know, if your character is transferred over to this new game, do you expect to keep all your stuff? Because I don't think that the current plan for CCP is to let that happen. I think that they're going to pretty much want to level the playing field in hopes that it doesn't set a bad first impression for their new target audience, which is going to be the EVE players. And so I started a thread in the forum kind of asking people, hey, what are your thoughts on this? You know, if if your character gets transferred, I mean, I'm assuming that you would want that because, you know, this is in a way the spiritual successor to Dust, maybe not Dust 2, but it's, you know, it's meant to be kind of the same line of thinking and design. You know, what would you expect to have your uh, your progress transfer? Do you want to keep all your ISK, all your suits? Do you think you should keep all your LP or, very important, should you keep your SP, uh, BPOs, that sort of thing? And the uh, response I found actually a little surprising. It's quite mixed. Some people seem to be completely fine with a total wipe. Other people are very insistent that they want to keep everything. Some people say, you can wipe my SP, but I want to have conditions to you know earn it back or something like that. And so I think it's a very important um, discussion to have because CCP has gone silent, as everyone knows. And 
that's very scary because when they go silent, they're usually working on something big and probably not taking feedback from really anybody because they tend to hide when they're about to do something that could potentially be, you know, very damaging to their player base. I mean, you saw this even with FanFest that, uh, FanFest 2014, that, you know, everything kind of got quiet. And to make matters worse in my little tinfoil world is that they recently hired a new uh, chief customer relations officer, which following CCP's standard, uh, you know, procedure is sin and then ask for forgiveness later, which, you know, this new employee could be in charge of is, you know, trying to handle all the fallout of, hey, by the way, we're going to kill all your characters and wipe their SP. So, I mean, in terms of general discussion, I think it's important that people sit down and really think about, you know, if a port happens, what is your expectation? And I think people need to express that expectation to CCP. And, you know, while it may seem futile, it's good to actually get that conversation going so there can be, you know, feedback on the subject, which is primarily why I started that thread. Because, again, everyone is silent and behind the NDA curtain and they either won't or can't say anything. So I think, you know, as a player, it's something that I, I certainly want to see discussed because again, this is a big deal. I mean, when people have spent lots of money, lots of time and effort in developing these characters, if we're going to lose that, you know, that's a big deal. So, you know, I, I hope people can get out there and discuss it. I think, uh, in one of their posts they did following the Rouge wedding, one of their damage control posts, they did say we were going to get all of our, well, they were, we were going to get some kind of bonuses that would roll over from our dust characters into Legion, according to, you know, that CCP post. That was like, it's, that was almost two years ago, but you know, well, I'm pretty yeah. sure if you went back and looked what, uh, I want to say it was Logi bro. The only thing that anybody committed to, either physically at FanFest or on the forums, was that uh, their goal was that there would that they would transfer characters, and they have to figure out what that means. Uh, that's that's literally it. Uh, there was no real discussion of the different mechanics or or what they would what that meant in terms of transferring characters. I I could have swore they said something about letting us keep our character classes at the very least like if they change this sp system they'd let us keep whatever we were trained in or something but i don't know it, it was so like i said it was so long ago and it was very vague set of you know the problem is they couldn't they could not that that was asked that that was very specifically asked of them uh when they were trying to figure out well, what do you mean by transfer characters and and the, at the time they could not nor would not commit to anything because they were relooking an entirely different skill system and all kind of other stuff. So they, they couldn't even say that there was a one-to-one transfer at that time. And you have to understand that the things that were said were very knee-jerk damage control. I, I mean, the, the, the tone that CCP took with the, the Legion project shifted drastically. I mean, as I was writing the post, I had the keynote playing in the background and I was cringing because uh, Rouge is up on stage saying, well, don't worry, we're going to keep you very much in the loop with development on Legion. And then we heard about it in like a blog post the next day and then nothing from then on. You know, so I honestly don't believe anything that was said on that day or in that time frame because it's been two years and they were in freak out mode and pretty much said whatever it was going to take to get people to calm down at the time. So, yeah, I mean, can they give you uh, a token, you know, 
you know, form avatar icon saying, hey, you're a dust vet or whatever. Sure. But people, while that could be important to some, I think that's not really the big picture. I think we really have to look at, you know, the legacy of the character that you've built under the assumption and advertising that it is a persistent universe with persistent characters and that your choices are going to matter because it's going to carry through, you know, for years to come. If that's how you market your game, you really have to understand that people are going to make that assumption that they're going to get to keep all of that stuff over the long run. Now, what the player's perception of that is or what they'll be satisfied with. You I mean, compromises have to be made, obviously. But you, at the same time, CCP, they can't just strong arm and go, nope, we're going to wipe it and we're not going to take anyone's feedback. This is the way it's going to be because we said so. That's not okay. You know, and I, I, I hate making statements like that because, you know, it's, it's their company and I don't want to, you know, boss them around. But at the same time, it's like, it's a level of respect between the developer of a product and the customers that are consuming the product and giving your customers the finger after you, you, you know, you don't promise anything, but you set an expectation and then go back on it with really zero feedback on it. That's bad. That says a lot about a company. And that's something that, you know, I as a person really can't support if a company is going to behave like that because it's, it's entirely inappropriate. It's disrespectful. And, you know, the dust community is now without its flaws, but we do deserve a certain level of respect as a customer at the very least. And I think in a lot of cases, we don't get that because CCP simply refuses to talk to us about these important issues. I think that's pretty well said. I mean, for me personally, uh, if if you think about it, um, a lot of games out there that are sort of... Um, like sequels, if you will, or they're a next next generation version of whatever the game is, will often let you, if at least in some ways, port a character or there are some advantages you get if you've, like Mass Effect is a good example or some of the other ones. You, you can get like uh, specific sets of equipment or armor or gear, uh, perhaps an, X, an XP bump when you first start uh, that may not be, you know, fully maxed out. But there's there is a, a significant uh, exchange for the commitment you made to the first game and, and you transfer your little saved file over to the next game. Uh, or at least it, it picks up a, a certain level of progression or, or uh, a, an understanding of the investment of time and, and potentially real money that you've put into it. So I, it, it is certainly not out of the realm of the, of the possible to discuss it. Uh, nor do I think it is like incorrect to probably discuss to 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 lay that out as a as a discussion point. Uh, I would offer for, like for me personally, like I think uh, your player name and your corp names should like transfer over kind of without question. By the way, this is all very much assuming that there that there is a a thing to transfer it over to. So names and corps, you know, like I think that's important. Uh, believe it or not, I think actually individual stats and corp stats are are kind of important because that's really sort of the uh, you know the the trail that you've left in the game for you know to some degree. Uh, that I think would be pretty pretty interesting to have in there, e even if it's just that little thing you look at in your Merc quarters that has like the stats of like all time you know war point leaders, all time kill leaders, that kind of stuff. That's actually pretty cool, you know, when you can look back and you see that. Um, and coupled with being able to keep your names and stuff, you never know. You might see a guy come back. 
who knows? You, you, you might see Cubs come back one day. It might be kind of interesting. Um, that, that now the harder and the more sticky, sticky point about it is, you know, SP or equipment or ISK. ISK and equipment, I, I think that's a sunk cost. It's gone. It's over. Arum is a, is a problem because that represents real money that you've put in in game um, if it's unspent. That's actual real money. Now, the, I, I, I'm going to bet you somewhere in the mumbo jumbo that you never read when you click on when you buy Aurum that it's not refundable and it's it, it's it's in the ether once you buy it, uh, even if the game shuts down. Uh, that being said, it's a bit of a dick move if you don't at least acknowledge that. I don't know that they can transfer over an arm equivalent if they were if they had one, uh, but that's one of the sticky ones you got to watch through. Isk they could zero that out. That's that can be made again. Um, all of your assets probably can be zeroed out. That that can be made again. Uh, that's very temporal in its nature anyway. Uh, BPOs a little bit harder because it's kind of along the arm lines. Uh, I think you could probably. I, I think you could probably, assuming you had a similar construct as dust now, like you know different drop suits and sets of gear and stuff like that. I think you could probably uh, have like a, um, a spec, like, you know, a special prototype set of gear, you know, like a it, you know, BPOS or something like that, that was uh, unique to players that transferred over that, that were pretty solid. Maybe you could continue to upgrade it as the game went on, but really the only people that would have them are those that transferred over, uh, you know, from the PS3, that kind of thing. That would be pretty cool. I, I think you could kind of work with that. But the SP itself, that is um, like that is the most direct indicator of investment of time and and in often cases personal, you know, like actual real money uh, into into the game. And I do not think that should be devalued and wiped. Um, I also don't, I, I'm not a big fan of the whole, like, Hey, give you a special booster that lets you, you gain five times SP faster because it'll destroy all the new player experience. Here's the problem. If a game lasts more than six months, you're going to have a challenge with brand new players that don't know how to play the game and players with six months of knowing how to play the game or two years of knowing how to play the game or three years. And if you, if your game is wildly successful, you, you will have to figure this problem out at some point. Plan on success. Figure it out early. Uh, that's my point. You know, I, I would like to see the SP transfer over. That's that's me personally. Now, that also, again, heavily assumes that there is some sort of equitable way to transfer skills and SP over, you know, to whatever system they, they desire to use, if that makes sense. So that, that's kind of my two on it. Heracles, what do you think, man? What's your What's your kind of general take on it? No, I, I don't really have anything new to add. I think, uh, you know, I'm sure they understand if they didn't give us at least some perks from the many, many hours and real dollars we sank into dust, uh, you know, with Legion, we'd, there'd be a lot of pissed off people. And I mean, it's not entirely black or white. I think that you can, 
I think in general the thing that players want is they want to feel like the legacy they built on this game isn't forgotten and left behind. I think that's that's kind of the overarching feel that I'm getting from people talking in the forums, just the the few pages of thread that we have so far. But it's, in terms of details, I mean, it's not black or white. I think there are compromises. There is a middle ground you can reach, like BPOs, for example. Personally, and this is just me in my personal opinion, I think that the way BPOs operate right now would be damaging overall to you know the way things work in a ideal Eve-like economy. I think that it it does cause quite a bit of a misconjection, which is kind of runs rampant. But you can modify those to behave like BPOs in Eve do, where it's actually more of a, a component in the manufacturing process, but it's not just a free poof gear into existence. I think that's fine. You know, you kind of meet halfway there. You don't wipe them out, but you change their function in such a way that it still works with the new system. Um, in terms of SP, you know, I can understand the concern about you want to have a good first impression when you bring in a wave of, of EVE players. So I can kind of get the whole uh, you wanting to wipe it. However, I think that, again, people have built a legacy of SP. They want to be able to get it back. You know, they, they want to keep it. They want to retain it, and that's fine. And I know Jason didn't really like the idea of, you know, having like a, a perma booster to re-earn the SP that you've, you've saved up, so to speak. Because he is right. You can't develop a game with the assumption that we have to keep SP equal between players so it can be fair. If you make that assumption, it's not going to work in the long run because, like all MMOs, players drop off you know, throughout the life of the game and you must replace them with new players to keep player counts up. That's just simply how they work. So you're always going to have new players subjected to very highly skilled, very you know, uh, high-developed characters that are going to basically stomp the shit out of them unless you have a well-developed two-player experience. So in the regard of making a good impression with a wave of, of EVE players, and that will happen if they port to PC. You're going to have a big wave of EVE players. They're all going to jump on and give it a shot. And if you want to make a good impression and make sure everyone's on the same footing, that's fine. But you still need to have a good new player experience overall so later down the line, when that you know SP differential starts cranking way up, that people can still enjoy the game, which is you know something that uh, CCP has struggled with in Dust in the past, but it is a very important feature and it can't be forgotten by simply saying, hey, we're going to wipe SP and that's going to fix everything, because it's not. It's going to cause the same damn issue as it did eventually where you had new players coming in and getting stomped, because you know there is really no decent new player experience in, in Dust, let's be honest here. There's, there's really nothing. The Academy's a joke. It's been a joke for a very long time. They aren't going to make it better. We need something else, and that needs to be a key element to any sort of port, assuming it happens. Otherwise, it's going to fail again because that's essential for MMO long-running persistent games. And I, I hope they understand that because an SP wipe is not going to achieve that in the long run. So um, I'm going to give my opinion. I, I wasn't asked for it. Heracles was asked. Jay was asked. Pokey's been talking. I'm well, you my, you, you I were before we got to you, so second. I apologize. <laughs> so I, go I, ahead. So. We, had I, to, we had to save the grand old man, like the wise former council member for last. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break in here. I'm going to give my opinion. Um, I, I feel that uh, um, I, don't, I, I, I think it is, as, as Pokey mentioned, a bit more about impression anything else um it's tough for uh it's tough for someone to even come into eve and say you know some players have 150 million uh sp and there is no conceivable way i will ever overtake them as a reality and that's 
that's a hard thing to accept, and it's a, a, I think that that sort of thing, if someone's already 100 million up, even though you started the first day it was available on your platform, that's really hard to deal with. And I think that that's really what it's about, is I think that that would turn away a lot of people. Um, I don't think... And I, I don't know if there's really a that great of an experience to... So so what if you already have the whole progression tree practically filled out on day one of the new game? Then is that is that a good experience for you really either? I mean, yeah, you can say I didn't lose anything, but you're also... There, there's nowhere to go depending i mean depending on how many you know what's if if there's a, a new game and it has a different skill tree maybe there's more skill points maybe there's less i i don't know if you can say a direct translation is is good for anyone um so i mean to me it's important that that time be represented in some way um i do think that that players that transfer should have some sort of uh, veteran bonus to it um be it maybe even like not a not a specific um, boost amount, but maybe like a persistent x per small percentage of additional XP boost. Thanks forever. I don't know. Um, I would like to see some sort of um, uh, package for veterans outright. Like it, you know, I agree. There's no reason to try and port over ISK or asset value for the most part. Um, but it'd be nice if the lump sum of ISK you start with if you're transferring from PS3 was an, just, a, just a nice little fair, flat chunk extra to say thanks. Um, I, I think that uh, anything, I, I definitely think Orem, I think it'll transfer. I can't imagine CCP making a game in this day and age that doesn't have an Orem or an equivalent. I think if there's unspent Orem assets, they can be refunded back to Orem for that purpose. Um, the big asset that I think should be transferable is anything cosmetic. I think skins should absolutely be transferred. Um, I would go so far as to say as there should be skins that are set aside as these are only these were only available if you were playing during the PS3. Something like the the old Sever, Raven, etc. suits that were were mag inspired would be like a great one to highlight as this is this is only if you were playing you know in in back in the day. Um, and so to have some of those kind of nice cosmetic exclusives that, that really honor you as a veteran player. Um, and, uh, you know, again, if there's, if there's, uh, and with the SP stuff too, I could see like something maybe like saying, um, you know, if you have 60, 60 million today and you know, the, uh, the new game, you'd have six. And if you had 120 million, you'd have 12 in the new game or something like that. So it's, so that it's still, representing the people who played the most are still gaining the most out of it um but to maybe bring it back rein it back in a little bit and if you you could even do something like you could say okay well true people may have spent on boosters for that um refund spent boosters even you know may yeah they get a little bit more benefit out of them but that's okay for them to really be able to because they got a little bit during the the old game but it didn't really transfer fully to the new game so we're gonna let you spend that money again um, and that to me would be another perfectly acceptable way to say, okay, we're going to let you, we're going to let you reuse this because, you know, it's not transferring fully over or something like that. Yeah, I think you raise really good points, Alan, that like for you personally, uh, you have probably a, a large sum of SP and when you transfer over, it, you'd probably have a lot of the tree already filled out and that may not be fun for you. And for me personally, again, I honestly probably wouldn't mind losing my SP for the most part because I, I, I do enjoy kind of that beta feel when you're grinding SP and actually caring about the stuff you're unlocking because you really want it rather than just skilling up into things that 
you know, you, you can because you've got the SP. But the point is, is that, you know, I certainly don't represent the opinion of, or, or you for that matter, of everyone in the community. I think that a lot of people, it's extremely important. Like for Jay, it's obviously very important that he retains his SP. So I think that, uh, again, when I when I say all this, I'm not stating a certain way it should be. I'm just saying that since CCP is unwilling to have this conversation with us, I think as a community, we need to have a conversation amongst ourselves sure. about what what is important and what is the expectation and what is a good compromise overall that's going to make the most number of people happy, you know, pokey. and yeah, you know. But pokey, if, if, as you suggest, um, if you believe that they're, they're very likely to uh, make this a, a PC transition, um, how many players compared to the likely incoming player base that is not played dust do you expect to be coming from the old game? And shouldn't that factor into how much compromise you make? That's a very good question because I personally don't know how many console players own PCs capable of playing the new game, but you know, that would require CCP to give us uh, you know, an update on what they're planning so we could actually figure that out. I'm just saying, I mean, there's, there's a, you know, I, as I said, I, I certainly think that there needs to be some sort of SP based um, transfer that says, you know, yeah, you put a heck of a lot of time in, so we're going to give you this little bump up. Um, but I don't. But you can't really start people off. You can't say, "Well, I know we're going to have ton, you know, whatever, hundreds of thousands of new players, but these five players get to start with a hundred million plus SP for whatever reason." If it's you know, if it's about five players or ten players or a hundred players, there's a question of at what point does it become. You know, as we mentioned, it maybe it leaves a bad impression or bad taste in the mouth of some of the new players. Does that percentage you're going to put off offset the percentage of people you're going to tick off by saying, "Yeah, we're going to kind of tune this down a little bit"? Um, well, I just want to go ahead. I just want to weigh in on the SP discussion. Um, this might surprise you slightly, but um, I actually think if they do, uh, you know, kind of rewrite the book on on skill points. They should do it with an eye to uh, shrinking player disparity in general. I think. I think you know. I don't think. Um, I don't think. It, I think someone in in the dust forums like crunched the numbers one day, and found that like a, a brand new player who had skilled into a class would have to land like something like 112 percent more shots than someone who was like fully specced into something. You know, it's a, there's a big difference between you know you know it used, there's no amount of skill that can. Well, there is, but there's, there's, you know, it takes a lot of skill to compensate for that amount of difference. You know, and HP and proficiencies and everything all get added up. You know, the way dust works is a little ridiculous when you're stacking a new newbie up against a, you know, a veteran. So, um, and then when it's a veteran in a tank, it's even funnier because half their weapons don't even damage it. Yep. So yeah, uh, yeah. I think if they if they rewrite the book on SP. And, you know, and obviously I won't get into Logi equipment because, you know, we three second uplink versus a 15 second uplink, et cetera, et cetera. It's just it's too much. It's too much of a difference. So um, I think if they rewrite the book on SP, it should be with an eye towards, um, you know, unlocking new abilities rather than creating this like crazy, absolutely astronomical disparity between new players and vets that, like we see in Dust day to day. Well, that's kind of but I mean. It, it really depends on if you want to go more towards like a uh, so like Call of Duty, for example. Uh, what you really get into is you unlock things, you unlock uh, mods some, and yeah, some um, capabilities or features. But you also have 
basically in in Black Ops Three, you've got like so many slots that you can put on that give you a very very specific perk. Uh, you know, like either for damp damage absorption, the ability to like run up walls and all this other kind of crazy shit. It's really cool, but it basically you get to pick like three things that you you know three things that you can load up at any one time to do. I mean, there what what we're what we're kind of describing is: Do you go away from an Eve-like model, uh, which is what Dust was kind of originally based on, like a an Eve-type character progression model, which is incredibly intricate and very deep? And frankly, that was one of the things that drew a lot of people to it because there was no other first-person shooter remotely out there that got into that level of stuff. Um, or do you kind of go with what it what is I think more of a mainstream approach? And by the way, all of these discussions about SP, you have like we're all taking a baseline that uh, even when you get into the discussion about like you know what market share is worth versus versus this versus that and PC versus console, it, we're all still making a very baseline assumption that the SP system, the economy system, the equipment system will be basically the same as it is in Dust. I, I don't. I think even if they did make another game, I'm I, I don't I don't know that that's actually accurate because I know at one point in time for the like the I literally think it was like one month that they actually spoke a little bit about Legion. They were making some pretty radical discussion points about going away from how we view how, how we were viewing equipment and skills. So they may have diverged further or circled back or you know who knows. Uh, I. I I kind of, you know, I kind of like the, you know, the Call of Duty sort of Black Ops 3 approach, which is not bad in that you can unlock certain things, you can unlock certain equipment, but you can only load up certain things. And really, it's about access to equipment. Uh, And then once once you load the equipment, you can get a perk or a bonus or whatever. That's pretty cool. But a lot of what we're also talking about could be fixed in terms of an actual weapon loadout or an equipment loadout system versus like the raw skill tree system that we had too. Uh, so you can change your site to do different things. Destiny is actually the one that one of the things I think Destiny does really well is they use the weapons and the equipment as more of the progression model. And you're con- you can continually change those things out. And then you can even get some of the higher tier ones where you can continue to make them better and it can grow with you, so to speak. Uh, or if you want to spend the the components to do it, like the exotic components to do it, you can change all of the bonuses of that pieces of equipment to something else. So that th- there are there are some some bonuses to that. I do think that getting away from like a, a uh, the, the disposable drop suit disposable equipment model might probably be a good thing in the new version as much as that we all wanted this really deep like economic you know kind of warfare component to a a a long-term game that shit is that is really difficult to manage unless you've got all the right stuff baked in from the get-go and 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 if they're going to put that much time and effort into it it needs to be i just don't see them doing that so maybe they they literally bring it down to something more along the lines of you know, Call of Duty or Destiny in terms of the progression and the the equipment sets, or even something like Mass Effect, which is a bit more of an RPG type style style game. You can, and I think Heracles makes a very good point: is 
the, you know, the, the access to the equipment is, is heavy hitting stuff. Uh, if you're like a new guy going versus let's say a, a seven, like we, I think back in OSG, we figured it out. You could be just about maxed out in a, a in like the assault role at somewhere around 8 million SP, like seven seven point five to 8 million SP. If you were like really, really like Atlee Mar laser focused on, uh, on your build, you could do it. And then you, you eliminated all, almost all of the, the gear, the gear disparity that you'd run into against another sort of like assault player. Uh, but what you couldn't make up really, or what you would take you a while to make up for is the, um, let's see, what is it? 15 to 25 or really the 10 to 25% difference in raw performance at a given skill that you couldn't make up. Like, you know, I was always going to be able to see further and better. I was always going to be able to move faster, take more damage, deliver more damage, all that kind of good stuff uh, than anybody, no matter what their gear was, if they hadn't skilled up to the, to the level I was. So when I say transfer SP, there's got to be some sort of commiserate level of, of recognition. I personally, I think they should go to more of a perks and, and gear model, which is, again, a little bit more mainstream. But uh, I think that would dis dissuade some of the stuff. And then what you do is you give some people like some really bomber gear, you know, like some really snazzy, you know, like a Mordu's Legion custom drop suit set or something like that that could continue to grow with the player if they chose to use it for the length of their career and, you know, whatever the next game is. I mean, that's sort of my hybrid approach to it. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty fair. I mean, it, it is difficult to have this conversation unless you know exactly what the end structure is going to be like, because if it's drastically different from what we currently have, then all of this is kind of moot point because it may not translate exactly like we're talk discussing, you know. Yeah, well, you know, hey, we just had a guy in, uh, in Skype bring up the uh, the transneural skill packet discussion, which is de which that's a major thing in EVE. So you can you can effectively buy SP now, by the way. So I, I'm, I'm also kind of in the mode of if that is a thing in EVE, and, and they brought that in very specifically, by the way, to Zell's point to help people kind of get over the holy shit, that guy is like seven years ahead of me and he's always going to be seven years ahead of me. Now, for all you millennials out there who are very fond of your I played soccer trophies and your participation awards, Get the fuck over it. That dude's bit. That dude's got seven years on you, and he's got a hundred million SP on you. It's okay. So, for the rest of us, if you do want to, if you do want to just straight up buy some SP, that's, you know, that wouldn't surprise me that that's an option. You know, like you can drop in, you know, like twenty bucks of real money, exchange it for a few thousand orm, and then get you a shot of brains that gets you up to like, you know. Rail Rifle 5 or whatever. I mean, I, I could totally see him doing that, too, as a monetization piece. That's another thought that actually crossed my mind, is that they're going to try to, maybe not necessarily between games, but try to get all of the CCP games that are following kind of that SP model to match, you know, that monetization where they can... You, you, you aren't necessarily selling SP to the players, but you're selling the means to sell to other players with your SP. 
and dust is incredibly SP uh, inflated, like with all the events and stuff. I mean, the amount of SP, if you look at a one-to-one to an EVE player, it's absurd how much SP dust players have. So you, you certainly couldn't transfer one-to-one if your plan was to try to, you know, match those models up like that. And if that's the way they're going with it, okay, you know, that's... That's something certainly worth discussing, but I just wish that if that is the plan, we could actually, again, have that conversation so people are on board. I mean, when it comes down to it, I think a lot of the stuff like discussed at, at FanFest 14 was generally accepted to a degree, but the manner in which it was presented and the lack of communication is what made it so god awful for the community. That's what caused the meltdown is the way it was presented. I think that if they're going to do something major like that and they go, hey, this is the reason why we're doing it, okay, we need to talk about it though. They need to get it out there and they need to present it in a way that's not going to make people freak the hell out because if they just drop a bomb and say, oh, by the way, you know, we're wiping your SP, but don't worry, you can sell it to other players, you know, once you earn it back, that's not going to go over well, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, I, my, my broad opinion, and we'll kind of go around the horn on this, uh, real quick, kind of bring this into a close. I, I do, I, it wouldn't surprise me that they're working on something that would be a, a first person shooter style, like ground based game. Cause all of their other competitors have some component that is similar to that. Uh, will it look like dust five, one, four? I, I don't know. It'll probably have like a fair amount of the DNA of it in there somewhere, but I, like who's to say what it is, what platform it's going to be on, what the, you know, I, I do agree that it is likely it like 99% the only thing that was truthful that was stated in that fan fest, uh, you know, dog and pony show is that whatever they do, it's probably going to be on PC, which will, as they'll, I think accurately put, uh, that's just going to, a whole lot of console players are just literally just going to, cut their last lifeline to CCP right there. And they'll never see a thin dime from them. Um, and CCP is probably made a business, business decision that that's okay. Uh, just saying. So I think there's probably some truth to, to some of that. Now, now, I also think that CCP is not in a rush in any way, shape, or form to throw anything out there because right now, really the only thing they care about is getting them some Valkyrie in. And once that's once that's up and running and that's all good, I think maybe they'll turn their attention back to anything else going on. Uh, so, you know, that's just my two cents for it. So let's go around the horn. Zell, what do you think, man? What's your closing thoughts on this topic? Specifically? Or you can be general. I'm I'm okay with either one. I I, I mean I I think I covered pretty much everything that that um I wanted to on on the transfer earlier. If if such a thing happens, um. I don't think I can realistically tinfoil. Um, I know too much. I die or get killed. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Heracles, any parting shots on this one? Um, just, you know, no, no parting shots. <laughs> okay. All right. Pokey, uh, you were the guy that was leading the charge on this one. So I'll kind of give you a last word on this one. Sure. Um, I think in terms of most assets and, and whatnot, Orem, BPS, that sort of thing. I think it, a reasonable compromise can be made for, for everything. I, th- I think that most people can be made happy in those regards. The SP is the big one. I personally don't think 
it needs to be a one-to-one transfer. However, I think that your time investment into the game should mean something, and some of that should carry over, and it should be proportional to the investment and time you've put into the game. So, you know, maybe not get all of your SP, but you should still feel like, hey, it's very obvious that, you know, I I played this game for two years before, and I have an advantage now because of it. I think that should, should definitely be a, a part of whatever they have planned for uh, the SP system. And I, I really do invite people to get on the forums and check out the thread, because I, I do want to hear uh, more opinions on what, uh, each person feels because it is actually rather wide opinions in, in both directions so it'd be good to get that together in in a thread so it's you know more readily available for feedback and we have blog comments to come out there as yes well. yes yep. yeah well said all right so let's transition over to kind of the more lighthearted component of the show uh briefly uh i think everybody but heracles has seen uh, the new star wars movie again no spoilers, uh, but general comments. Um, I'll, I'll just open it up. I, I thought it was absolutely awesome. I was incredibly impressed by the movie. Your guys' thoughts? Well, um, I enjoyed it a fair bit. I actually did end up seeing it twice um, because um, I had I, I was invited by my insurance agent to see it um, on Saturday morning at the crack of dawn. Um, but then on Thursday evening, someone had a spare ticket. So I, I took that, obviously. Um, and then I, you know, I had the ticket already, so I saw it again. Um, and uh, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. I'm not a big Star Wars fan. I don't really like Star Wars movies in general. Um, I enjoyed this one. Um, I would say that I, I, I don't know if I think they borrowed too much from previous movies in the franchise to try and ensure that nostalgia feel. I don't know if I think that was a good thing or a bad thing to the extent that it was done, or if it was too much or too little. Um, I don't know. It's just. It, there, there were a, quite a few things where I, there was one point where I literally uh, leaned over to the person next to me and was like, well, that's original. Um, but it, it was enjoyable, and it, it definitely felt a lot like more like the original trilogy than the prequel movies. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Pokey? Um, I would say that I deeply enjoyed it. Very, very good movie. It certainly captured the magic of 4, 5, and 6. It is nothing like 1, 2, and 3, which in my opinion is a great thing. Uh, it really pings off the nostalgia. I found myself cheering and clapping when you know old characters popped up on the screen. Uh, but it is also very approachable for people who may not have seen the originals or haven't seen them recently. Uh, you won't feel lost in, in asking a lot of questions. So I think that it's it's good for new and old people to the series, and it's it's definitely a, a must-see. See it soon, though, because there are spoilers, and you should try to avoid them and see the movie before that happens, because it's CCP it's will kill stuff. you if you spoil on the forums. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Frame is pissed because he can't see it till January 6th, I think, and he's already told people if they try to split it on the form, I will quote-unquote deal with it. So, yeah, don't don't post post up with the forms because it's a good movie. Don't spoil it for people. They made, I think it was, uh, I think they said it was $517 million they made opening weekend, and that's um, the only reason they didn't blow Jurassic World's numbers out of the water was because actually of the, the delayed release in China. Um, Jurassic World's China's released on time, and they match 525. If they had China's release here on the same weekend, it probably would have been another $100 million or something more. Um, it blew like a ton of records that were originally set by like Harry Potter 7 and a bunch of other movies. Yeah, I, I, was like, I can totally buy that. 
it was like what like two two hundred thirty six million in the U.S. I think, which is the all time high. I forget the exact number, but it's, I, it sounds pretty close. Yeah, it it um it definitely beat out um it, the U.S. opening weekend. It beat records for U.S. Thursday night, U.S. Friday night. Um, uh, a lot of a lot of the records. Pretty much, I think any any record that's U.S. specific, they beat without a, without a problem. Okay, yeah, it's two hundred thirty-eight million uh, domestic, and that beat Jurassic World's domestic of two hundred eight point eight. So it it was a thirty million dollars more. So I mean, it's it is the biggest opening weekend ever for uh, movies in the U.S. Oh yeah, no, nah, I could I could totally believe it. I, I mean, uh... it does need to be noted though. I, I always feel like these numbers need a little bit of the disclaimer. There's a reason that they're always increasing, and it's not just inflation. It's also the fact that it's three D. So there's like any movie that isn't a 3D release or isn't an and or isn't an IMAX release will never come close to these IMAX 3D movies release numbers because the, the ticket sale prices are just so much higher. Yeah, that that might be true, but I think that but just worth the raw it. number of people are going to these things are. It's, it is worth it, high. and unfortunately, neither of the showings I got to go to uh, this weekend were IMAX. Yeah, I, I would tell you, like I'm much more interested in a uh, high def. IMAX viewing than a 3D viewing generally. Most of the time, the 3D stuff is they, there's a really fine line you have to walk to make it good and value added to the movie, or just not value added to the movie. I, so, I mean, I think I think it makes enough of a difference that I don't like to go see 2D movies if it's available in 3D. Um, I think it adds just just like if it's done well, it adds just a, a slight bit of additional depth, but not it's it doesn't like stick out at you. There's actually there's one, there's literally, there's one, one Star Destroyer shot where I'm like, ooh, 3D, because it really sticks out. But for the, the majority of the movie, you won't notice it, and I think that's okay. Um, I think it's a slight enhancement thing, um, more than a, a huge groundbreaking change to the way you watch the movie. Um, and, but IMAX is, IMAX is, if you, if you can see a movie in IMAX, you should see it in IMAX, because the screen size is fantastic and there's so much it's a wider field of view that that you don't see the the borders of the screen while you watch it if you're in a good imax theater anyways yeah i support that i support watching everything in imax now i I would just uh i would offer that the uh and again this is you know no shock no no spoilers on it uh the the Zell is right. There's a lot of and Pokey. The, they're they're both they both touched on. There's a lot of overtones to the previous movies um, that you'll see in this one in terms of kind of the the tropes or or sort of the the general positioning that you see uh, certain characters in. I would tell you, like this is my personal opinion. What made it incredibly uh, fresh was there's a very modern take on a lot of it, and the movie just looks good. It is just really well done. The uh, like, for example, the battle sequences, like the ground, the ground fighting, the ground battle sequences, it looks like a war movie. Like it doesn't look like Star Wars, which is 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 a good thing. You know, it's it's not a, it's not a bad thing when I say that. Um, I think it's it's a very fresh and very crisp take on uh, on it visually, uh, and all of the things that you liked about the character interactions in the original one are there, but the the. I got to tell you, the the three people that really uh, knocked this one out, in my opinion, Daisy Ridley, the person, the girl that plays Ray, who's sort of the central protagonist of the movie, uh, she, she is outstanding. That is an, that is a really really 
cool character that they've introduced into the Star Wars sort of uh, mythos. So highly recommended. John Boyega did a, a very good job as Finn. I thought Oscar Isaac, the guy that plays Poe Dameron, the X-Wing, you know, fighter ace guy. He It'll be interesting because he plays Apocalypse in the X-Men movies. So I'm I'm kind of curious to see how this kind of goes. I've never seen him in anything else. He was extremely good and uh, very kind of Top Gun sort of guy in the in the Star Wars movie. And then he's going to transition to be to playing this, you know, sort of like mi- mythical demigod like character of Apocalypse. He looks, he looks kind of villainous though. Like just pictures of him. I I kind of feel like he would be even better suited as a villain than than you know as a as a protagonist. Uh, maybe, I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, he, it could be sort of the dark swarthy look, who knows, but he was really good in the show. I thought he's, he he had a really good, uh, chemistry with, uh, John Boyega. I thought that was kind of a cool, they they have a cool cool kind of buddy cop sort of buddy cop scenes there a few times. It it, it was really good. Like when Um, I saw him, I actually, I honestly, I thought he had been in agents of shield as one of the villains. And it must just be someone who looks incredibly like him because it's it's not him, but just yeah, looks evil. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. And, and so we won't. We're not going to go into into a whole lot of the other characters because then you start getting into a lot of ridiculous spoilers and stuff like that. But suffice it to say, there are several uh, that, that really a lot of the first movie, a lot. Well, I call it the first movie. A lot of this movie was about introducing probably a lot of the characters you'll see over the next two movies, two to three movies rather, um, which is kind of cool. You're basically getting a whole fresh take on sort of where on that, that whole star Wars universe. Um, and if you don't know, like if you were a big fan of all the star Wars books and all that kind of stuff for the last like 20 years, all the expanded universe stuff. Yeah. That's all gone. Like that, that's none of an issue for me. Cause I, I grew up like I grew up reading about, Mara Jade and the Solo Twins, and I'm like, they're all gone. What the heck? I don't know if any of you guys are having that experience. I had no sympathy because, um, as a, as a Trekkie, we've had hundreds and hundreds of Star Trek books over the years. I've read many of them, and uh, Star Trek has always been very clear and upfront from the beginning that uh, nothing nothing that isn't on screen is real. Um, ever that any of the books are are not canon, and so uh, I I was, if anything, tickled to see the. Uh, Star Wars fans get all upset about the fact that their books well, are no longer, no well, yeah, longer the, officially the, canon. The difference is that they all those books were canon. Those were like totally blessed off by George Lucas. And in fact, and no, the, a lot of, a, no, they were for a long time. And in fact, a lot of the story scripts, they all had to nest well. Uh, they, they all had to have sort of the blessing of like, you know, the Skywalker Ranch, like storyline folks. Like that's what pissed off people is that for the longest time that the majority of those books actually were accepted and vetted and described as being part of the Star Wars canon. Thank you. Thank you for explaining it. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you. If they'd been, if there was like a, yeah, this is this is all sort of like Star Wars Legends kind of stuff, which is kind of what they're describing now. I, I'm totally with you on that, Zell. But that's not that is not how they they were built originally. It's okay. I just, I just enjoy, I just enjoy Star Wars fans getting upset. I, I'm a Trekkie. No, I'm a Trekkie too, dude. But I, I never read Star Trek books the way I read Star Wars books. It's just that was just my personal experience. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so on, on other Star Wars news, just get, are you guys tracking that they've got? Uh, I think 
one, maybe two, like standalone kind of spinoff uh, movies going that are, I think, in pre-production already. Yeah, I think I think they're supposed to be doing like a a spinoff movie in between every major like mainline Star Wars movie. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's what I heard as well. If, if Star Wars Inks the movie. Yeah. So if I'm not mistaken, I think the, the one of they're kind of making a heist movie that's sort of centered around stealing the Death Star plans. That's kind of a I, I think it's the Star Wars version of the Suicide Squad should be kind of interesting. Uh, and then there's God, I can't remember what the other one the other one is. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. But I like it. I was pretty impressed by this one. Not too bad. Uh, let's see a couple other pieces of news. I, the, the trailers were really good in the, uh, in the star Wars flick. So, Oh, speaking of the trailers, I want to do the first part of some shameless self promotion. Um, I've got a YouTube video up. It's called star destroyer crash on Goazan badlands. It's from star Wars battlefront. And, uh, it's one of my best performing videos to date. It's got like 3000, over 3000 views in five days. And it's, you remember that that crashed Star Destroyer that was in the second trailer? This is actually, if you want to watch that Star Destroyer crashing, that's literally what I found randomly as I was playing a game of Star Wars Battlefront about five days ago. So feel free to check that out. I think I might have been the first person to just post that, so I kind of reaped the benefits there. Okay, cool. Uh, let's see. So the trailers that came out, like like in the in the Star Wars show, I just want to touch on this very very briefly because as you can imagine, like when they throw a big show like Star Wars out, they have like all the all the boss trailers out. Uh, the X Men trailer looked pretty wicked good. Uh, that should be that actually looks like a pretty a pretty legit show. I'll be kind of interested to see how that one how that one goes. Uh, they do definitely pick up sort of where the last uh, Days of Future Past one kind of went off. So it's I want to say probably like mid eighties kind of style uh but it looks pretty pretty solid uh the warcraft trailer is the first time i've actually seen the warcraft trailer and something other than like a little grainy two inch by two inch box it looked not bad uh i know nothing about warcraft as a game though like like just other than passing stuff so i have no idea if it's you know accurate to the game or whatever but it looked i don't know how to describe it um it looked pretty vanilla, you know. Like I could probably, I could probably lay out the entire plot right now if I wanted. Like all of us could, like any of us that could literally, <clears throat> in probably two minutes, lay out probably what the plot of the movie is pretty well, uh, including whatever one or two plot twists they might kind of throw in there. But it it visually looked pretty good. There's actually a few good, you know, pretty some pretty solid actors in there. Uh, looking at who's in there, so that might be interesting. I don't know. Let's see. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that that uh, was pretty major that uh, that they showed. I think that's I think that's really it uh, from a from a big perspective. Uh, any other thoughts on anything out there floating pop culture movie wise, folks? Nope. I'll take that as a no. Okay. Well, I I don't I don't have anything else on the agenda, so I guess we can kind of open it up. Uh, if you got any kind of parting shots or anything you want to kick around for another minute, we can um, do that. Uh, dust, we could talk. I know we, it's odd, but we could actually talk about Dust. It's kind of making me sad. I don't know if you guys have looked at the marketplace on Dust, but they're actually it's it's really sad. They're not they're not trying anymore. 
there's nothing in the dust marketplace right now. They're not. There's no deals on skins. There's no special drop percentages on boxes. It's just like a thing. It's like here's the marketplace, and you click on it, and it takes you to where you buy Orem, and that's that's sad. It's sad when they care so little about the game. They're not even trying to milk us for Orem anymore. So that's that's a little tear in my eye. I I could actually tinfoil on that a little bit further that one of the points that they were criticized on in, Pan, in FanFest 2014 is that they ran a sale on drop suits going up into FanFest and then released, hey, by the way, we're not going to support your game anymore, but there is a sale on stuff for the game that isn't supported anymore. So in that regard, if something is in the works for an announcement, they may be intentionally not running sales to avoid that sort of fallout from before. But again, that's making the assumption that CCP learned a lesson, which might be a little, a little overly optimistic. Well, that would be, I mean, that was, this would be like, what, like four months in advance, they'd stop doing sales. That would be, I don't know, that would be pretty preemptive. I don't know. Perhaps. Um, there's also another thing making me sad and dust. There's not much PC going on right now. I mean, I could read off to you all the, all the, you know, district owners. It's the same as they were two weeks ago. It would be the same two weeks from now. There's no PC in, uh. I think, I mean, part of it just because the game's dead, but I mean, part of it's the new CP system. I think um, nobody wants to play a million pubs for every, you know, for the older players who have ISK, you know, they don't want to play a million pubs for every PC that they want to play. They just want a PC. That was like one of the main draws left in the game. And now the, the new CP system, you kind of, it's kind of forces us to pub in order to PC. And I think for if, if we had a big active player population, that would be fine. But for, you know the way things are right now. It's it's actually I feel like it's causing more headaches than it's solving. Yeah, no, I mean I could totally see that. And uh, you, you make an interesting point about the marketplace. By the way, I was sitting there kind of thinking through that as you and Pokey were talking about it. But you know, uh, it, it is uh, just what happens. You know, it's a life cycle of the game. And this one's uh, if it's if it's not dead, it's all but that. You know, and that is it is what it is. So, uh, I, I you would like to, I would, I would really, it'd be really kind of cool if they'd have like one last little hurrah kind of a piss. And I, I would actually prefer it, honestly. Like Mag did it kind of, a little, bit, little bit quietly, but they put like put the word out that they were having like a, a last big hurrah and they were turning the servers off, and a shitload of people jumped on and played. Like it was like the heydays again for for about one weekend, uh, and then they they cut everything off. And and I there's a part of me that, that I think I would respect CCP like literally as a business entity more if they would do something like that with Dust. And, so you uh, want them to you want them to shut it off? Well, I think once they get to the, I mean, at some point, yes, they need they're they're going to anyway. Uh, either you know it would. I think it would be if they would make an event out of it, believe it or not, they could probably actually gain a little bit of, you know, like maybe a little bit of respect back from the, from like, you know, their, you know, the community and maybe the gamer population writ large. Cause it's even if you didn't play dust and, and you were mildly interested in the concept of it, you were following what happened to it. And it didn't take more than two or three articles and reviews to figure out that it was a, it was fucking hot garbage. So maybe if they, they could do, they could almost treat it like a, you know, like a kind of a messaging thing. It, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be that bad of a deal, but at some point they, they are going to need to turn it off. I mean, 
and, and if all they do is just hang an arm store up there and just let let people throw cash at it for no reason, that's you know not unexpected. Uh, but it's it's pretty again. It, it as Pokey very aptly described. You know, think about the practices of the of the company that you're about to give money money to, and or uh, you're going to t- have to take their word for things. Uh, about the products that you're interested in investing your time and your money into, right? you know, do you go with them or do you go with somewhere else? That's that's really what it comes down to. And uh, we're getting the 12 days of dust. That's that's our event that we've had every year at this time. So I guess I thought I touched on that. That's the only thing to put any effort into. Yeah. Now, uh, so so they I know they've got the 12 days of dust, and and my. And my suspicion is, you know, we kind of talked about it before the show. They'll probably kick out like maybe one thing that's kind of, wor- you know, kind of worth a damn. But most of the stuff will be, you know, basically ORM equivalents of stuff that you get in that you get in match. I, I'm I'm not seeing anything, any kind of high speed specials or BPOs coming down unless unless you're reading it different than I am, Heracles. On the first day of dust, Miss CCP okay. gave to me a crappy ORM item. And you could guess the rest of the song. We're gonna edit that part out. You don't. You don't think people want to hear my beautiful singing voice? Uh, it's up for debate. I'm. I'm hurt. Oh goodness. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see, Pokey. Any 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 other topics you want to pitch up? Uh, no. I, I think we're in pretty good shape. Again, just uh, I, I do invite people to go for one, read the blog, read the article, a little self promotion there. But I, I think it is an important conversation to have. And then go onto the forums and check out the thread. Um, I forget what its title. I think it says, uh, "What would you expect to transfer if a port happens?" And that's the general discussion. And, and really, do put your thoughts in there. I think it is something we all need to talk about. Um, so yeah, go check it out, please. Thank you. Good deal. Sell. Am I shouting out? Please, loudly. I, I, I just, I don't know. Um, I'm gonna give a shout out to uh, the friend who who got me in on like opening Thursday night to see Star Wars. That's cool. I, I don't get invited to do events with friends very often, so that that was pretty pretty legit. Good deal. All right, man. Anything else? No, that's it. Okay. Uh, I I don't have a whole lot uh, a whole lot for shout outs, although I will. We'll go ahead and give a shout out to J.J. Uh, Abrams for doing a pretty solid job with Star Wars. By pretty solid, I mean a really good job. Uh, I was very impressed and glad to see the direction he's taking kind of the Star Wars universe. And my my faith is somewhat restored in the in the series so far. We'll see how we'll see how well it goes. Uh, but it was good stuff. And I would like to give a shout out to Pac Man, my son who is going to turn seven years old on the thirty first of this month. Knows I, knows I do my radio show, quote-unquote, about video games and, and cool movies and stuff like that. So he asked me if I would talk about one of the games that he plays. I said, yes. He said, can you tell them that we play Pac-Man? So my we, we've got one of those little, uh, it's like, you know, 50, you know, like 55 of these like classic coin op video games, like in a box that you just plug straight into the HDMI of your, of your TV. It's like, you know, you got it for like 20 bucks and it's got like one big kind of standard joystick controller. And it's got all the games in it kind of thing. So he and I, uh, like he watched me like play destiny for about an hour this afternoon. It was, 
being incredibly helpful as I was in the crucible playing, doing some PVP. And when I mean incredibly helpful in only the way that a six to seven year old can be when, when he's watching somebody play something like that, which is to say not too fucking helpful, <laughs> but, but, uh, uh, after that I played, uh, played Pac-Man, Galaga, Dig Dug, you know, all the classics with him for, for about an hour. And that was our game time today. And, uh, he asked me to give a shout out to Pac-Man. So Pac-Man, wherever you are, hope you've kicked that habit and you're still in the 12 steps, bro. So uh, that's that's my shout out for the week. All right, guys. So we're going to go ahead and bring episode oh, 85. To, go ahead. Uh, I still got to do my shout outs. Oh, I'm sorry. Please go ahead. Thanks. Um, I just wanted to give shout outs to everybody who's dropped by my YouTube channel. Uh, I'm kind of transitioning away from dust videos and into Star Wars Battlefront videos. Um. I might be posting the occasional old dust video, like today I posted a video where I sniped Saxon Mish, so feel free to check that out. But yeah, most of my new stuff is Star Wars Battlefront. So I appreciate everybody who is with me through my journey of one year, one solid year of dust videos. I'm I'm really grateful for everybody who dropped by, and I hope uh, some of you can appreciate me transitioning to a new game. And uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. Absolutely, man, and we do appreciate you hopping on. So that'll be that'll be some good stuff, and maybe we can probably do some cross stream promotion type stuff because uh, we've been kicking around the idea of since since some of us have PS4s now, and and, and really you could post a video with like you know one touch of a button, it's kind of handy. Uh, and we're starting to, and we're starting to get the Twitch thing kind of worked out. Might be might be kind of cool to do in the future. So okay. Uh, well, guys, we're going to bring episode 85 to a close, and we do appreciate everybody's uh, patronage here. Uh, we will be continuing to uh, take a look at our format and, and sort of the topics of the show, uh, and we're going to take a little bit of time over uh, the Christmas break here to kind of think through that and how, how we want to uh, how we want to structure some things. So please, now is the time that we would really like your uh, your feedback. If you hit us up on Twitter or at the uh, biomass.com website, that'd be great. Uh, just so that we can kind of get a get a sensing of what you guys are interested in. Uh, we know there's a lot of uh, you know Eve players and Dust players that do kind of listen, uh, and we'll always kind of continue to cover some CCP stuff because that did sort of uh, bring us together as a show. But now, as we've been doing over time, we we continue to branch out into other things. So we'll we'll see kind of how it goes. But uh, feedback's good. So. Again, really appreciate you guys joining us tonight. So uh, as we say here on the show, good night and good luck.